1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
2: Tonight, a powerful winter storm bears down on the East Coast from South Carolina to Maine. More than 75 million Americans could be impacted. Blizzard warnings posted in 10 states. More than 4,000 flights canceled today and tomorrow. Warnings of power outages, hurricane force, wind gusts, and snow likely to be measured in feet not inches.
3: This is likely to be an intense, dangerous storm.
2: Pittsburgh bridge collapse. Officials call it a miracle. No one died. President Biden tours the scene and vows to repair America's aging infrastructure. Tensions in Eastern Europe. Ukraine's president calls on Russia to prove it has no intention of invading.
3: What is it that you know that President Biden doesn't?
2: COVID deaths rise, but new infections and hospitalizations decline. A widow's emotional eulogy. Mourners honor rookie New York City police officer Jason Rivera killed in the line of duty.
4: Although I gained thousands of blue brothers and sisters, I'm the loneliest without you.
2: Houston suspect captured a man who shot three police officers taken into custody following a lengthy standoff. The microchip shortage reaches crisis levels. How a lack of inventory threatens the global economy. And on the road, with an 11-year-old's designs that brighten the lives of sick children.
5: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's
2: capital. Good evening to our viewers in the West. Thank you for joining us. I'm Major Garrett, in for Nora. Tonight, a dangerous winter storm is bearing down on the East Coast, with blizzard warnings issued for the New York City area and Boston the first in nearly four years. Tens of millions are in the path of this nor'easter that could bring record snowfall and coastal flooding. Households and businesses up and down the coast are preparing for possible power outages. At least six, six states have declared states of emergency as governors plead with residents to stay off the roads. Forecasters anticipate Boston will experience one of the biggest single-day snow totals on record. Airlines have preemptively canceled thousands of flights for tomorrow. The airports most affected are in New York, Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. We will have a forecast in a moment, but we begin tonight with CBS's Mola Lenghi from the coastal town of Situate, Massachusetts. Mola, good evening. Well, good evening, Major. As you can see, folks preparing for this storm by
5: uh, boarding up the windows and doors on their homes, dismantling their decks as the coastline of Massachusetts here uh, and really all of New England's coastline is expected to get the worst of this storm, especially these homes right on the coast with the ocean just on the other side of that wall right there. Some areas are prepping for up to two and a half feet of snow, sub-zero wind chills and hurricane strength wind gusts. The coastal town of Situate, Massachusetts, about 30 miles south of Boston, knows how to prepare for the worst, laying down sandbags and boarding up windows. I'm expecting it to be the worst one we've had so far. Parts of Massachusetts could see up to 30 inches of snow, making it one of the top five single-day snowstorms on record in the state's history. This is the first blizzard to hit the region in nearly four years.
3: This is likely to be an intense, dangerous storm with heavy snow, high winds, and whiteout conditions. From the Carolinas
5: to New England, the storm system could create a travel nightmare along the eastern seaboard. This comes three weeks after another storm caused a 50-mile closure in Virginia, stranding hundreds of drivers on I-95 for more than 24 hours. If you live in an area that it looks like it'll be dangerous to go out in the morning, please don't. Please stay put. Snow plows are ready to go, but many cleanup crews are operating with reduced staff, partly because of the pandemic. Yeah, right now I have more pieces than people to drive it. As the storm approaches, local hardware stores are struggling to keep must-have items on the shelves. I didn't find any salt today. Hopefully
1: tomorrow I'll find some salt.
5: Back in Massachusetts, owner Joe Digman says he has only a
1: handful of snowblowers left. Normally I get somewhere between 90 and 110 units, and this year I got 11. Um, And that's all production problem.
5: Well, here in Situate, Massachusetts, many residents have temporarily evacuated uh, and voluntarily evacuated, I should say, their homes. Meanwhile, the Department of Transportation in Massachusetts has temporarily banned tractor trailers from the state's interstate highway system tomorrow
2: from 6 a.m. to midnight, Major. Lengi, thank you so much. For more on this monster storm, let us bring in meteorologist Alex Wilson from the Weather Channel's global headquarters. Good evening, Alex. This could be a historic storm.
4: That's right, Major. Thanks to our virtual view technology, we're able to transport you to Boston to show you what the weather will look like on Saturday here at Boston Common. Could be one of the top five snowfalls on record. If we get to 25 inches, Where the top five, 28 inches would put us at number one. Blizzard warnings, they are posted from Maine all the way down to the Delmarva. It has been over four years since the National Weather Service office there in Boston has issued a blizzard warning over 1,400 days. We take a peek at how things are going to shape up during the day on Saturday. You can see that heavy snow through Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Boston getting slammed with snow and those winds will be gusting 50 to 60 plus miles per hour. So visibilities will be extremely low. Travel will be a nightmare if not impossible. Plenty of 18 to 24 inch totals for portions of eastern New England. Lesser amounts as you head farther to the west. So farther inland, much less in the way of snowfall. But again, those winds will be cranking with high snowfall totals. Cold temperatures Sunday morning. Don't want to leave out Florida. Temperatures in the 30s, possible records by Sunday morning. Major, back to you.
2: Alex Wilson, thank you so much. A frightening scene in Pittsburgh after a bridge collapsed early this morning. Traffic was light. Fortunately, no one was killed. It coincided with President Biden's trip there to tout the new infrastructure law. Ken Rice from our Pittsburgh station, KDKA, is there.
6: In the stunning aftermath of the collapse you can see the bus that was carrying two passengers at the time still clinging to the bridge. There were 10 injuries, mostly minor, two of them serious but survivable. You no, know, we were fortunate. A bus went over. And right now we don't have no fatalities. It happened just after 6:30 this morning. The half century old bridge gave way.
3: Bus 330- on that bridge with several passengers inside. He's confirming the bridge has collapsed.
6: Fortunately, just five vehicles and the bus were on the bridge at the time, the road quieter than normal due to a two-hour school delay for snow. Daryl Luciani was driving
7: the bus. As I was driving across it, in my mind, I, I knew the bridge was collapsing. I could just feel it.
6: Rescue teams on the scene had to rappel down over 100 feet and pull people to safety.
5: They had like a daisy chain with hands just grabbing people and pulling them up. So uh, it was a physical rescue.
6: President Biden, in Pittsburgh for a speech touting the infrastructure bill he signed last fall, visited the site and met with first responders. There are literally more bridges in Pittsburgh than any other city in the world, and we're gonna—they're gonna fix them all. The bridge was inspected last year, but rated as poor by the state. An area resident took this picture three years ago and reported it to the city, which acknowledged they received it. It showed one of the beams so rusted it had come loose. Four At his afternoon remarks, the president 20. noted there were 45,000 bridges nationwide that are not in good condition, and he called it unacceptable. We gotta move. The next time we don't need headlines saying that someone was killed when the next bridge collapsed the collapse caused a large gas leak and that forced the evacuation of several families from nearby homes the gas company says the situation was brought under control in about an hour
2: major kdka's ken rice we thank you thousands turned out in new york city today to honor fallen police officer jason rivera Emotions were raw during the service at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Here is CBS's Elaine Quijano.
8: On a cold, gray New York City day, thousands of officers lined Fifth Avenue to bid farewell to Jason Rivera, their brother in blue.
4: It's hard to be in a cop life sometimes.
8: Rivera and Dominique Lasuriaga married in October. Now a widow, she struggled before a packed St. Patrick's Cathedral as she recalled a quarrel they'd had the morning of the shooting. You asked me if you
4: are sure that you don't want me to take you home, it might be the last ride I give you.
8: (laughs) I said no. And that was probably the biggest mistake I ever made.
6: Hear me, hear my voice.
8: Rivera, a 22-year-old rookie, was gunned down a week ago tonight after a domestic disturbance call that also took the life of his partner, 27-year-old Wilbert Mora. The Suriaga spoke for 10 minutes in a eulogy that was not only moving, but also defiant. We are not safe anymore. Bringing mourners to their feet after taking on the newly elected Manhattan district attorney, whom critics have called soft on crime as he sat among the dignitaries before her. I know you were tired of these laws,
4: especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. I'm sure all of our blue family is tired, too. But I promise, we promise, that your death won't be in vain. I love you
8: to the end of time. We'll take the watch from here. Elaine Quijano, CBS News, New York.
2: And today, the NYPD promoted Rivera to the rank of detective. Turning now to Houston, where three police officers are recovering tonight, and the person who shot them is now in custody. This was the scene as police chased down a driver who then opened fire, wounding the officers. Police say he stole a car, escaped, and held off police in a tense, hours-long standoff before surrendering. We have some breaking news. President Biden tonight says he will move U.S. troops to Eastern Europe, quote, in the near term, unquote. And it comes as his Ukrainian counterpart is urging the West not to create panic over the buildup of Russian forces on his border, saying talk of an imminent invasion is hurting his country's economy. CBS's Holly Williams has more from Ukraine.
3: President Biden believes there's a distinct possibility Russia could invade Ukraine next month. But Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, accused some world leaders of sowing panic tonight and said he knows the details in more depth. What is it that you know that President Biden
9: doesn't know?
3: I have my own secrets, just like the US president, he answered. We're sharing lots of information, but you have to feel the pulse on a day-to-day basis. Zelensky also called the departure of non-essential staff at the U.S. embassy this week a mistake, saying Ukraine is not the Titanic. Today, the United States military leaders said 8,500 U.S. troops on alert had not yet been moved, but warned an invasion would be horrific.
7: Conflict is not inevitable. There is still time and space for diplomacy.
3: In Ukraine, they've become used to living with Russian aggression over many years. A war in eastern Ukraine against Russian-backed separatists has claimed over 14,000 lives, according to the government. Russian-backed troops are killing Ukrainians every day. Today, the U.S. acting ambassador to Kiev told us Ukraine's worried that panic could damage its economy. They're trying to be very measured in how they approach it, and I think that's a good thing. A U.S. official said Russia will have the opportunity to, quote, explain what it is doing at a United Nations Security Council meeting on Monday. Major.
2: Holly Williams, thank you. We turn now to COVID. While cases and hospitalizations continue to fall across much of the country, deaths remain at their highest level in nearly a year. According to the CDC, the seven-day average of new cases in the U.S. dropped below 600,000 for the first time in three weeks. Meanwhile, daily deaths are above 2,200 for the first time since February of last year. Supply chain shortages have hit virtually every industry, but it's the microchip shortage that's having the biggest impact. CBS's Omar Villafranca reports some U.S. manufacturers are running low with less than five days inventory. This is where you would be installing circuit boards and chips. At Optimal Design, just
9: outside of Chicago, a shortage of one of the smallest components is causing big headaches. Sometimes we've had to scale back production because of uh, chips that were just frankly unavailable. And these are the actual chips? Yeah. Yeah. Saj Patel's company engineers and builds everything, from virtual reality headsets to the brains of barbecue grills. They have smart grills now. Yeah. And everyone needs chips to work. When the pandemic shut down the major chip production plants in Asia and ports got overwhelmed, the ripple effect was felt worldwide. The shortage even put the brakes on car production. These unfinished Ford trucks went from the production line to parking lots, waiting for chips before heading to the dealership. Globally, about 8 million fewer cars were made, costing automakers an estimated $210 billion in revenue. To keep working, Patel says they've gone to plan B and C, then D. Sometimes we've had to second source chips. Uh, We've had to go out into the marketplace and um, do the best we can in terms of getting whatever chips are out there. The shortage isn't expected to ease soon, but there are positive signs. Like Intel's announcement this month, it will build a $20 billion chip plant near Columbus, Ohio. Ohio, you were built for Intel. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says it's a matter of national security.
4: Well, I think it's important for us to make this product in the United States. We're not making enough of it now. We have to make more of it. And the only way that you do that is to have more plants.
9: The chip plant is set to open in 2025. That's three years from now. And since time is money, business owners like Mr. Patel say they'll keep working the supply chain until the
2: chips are stacked in their favor. Major? Omar Villafranca, thank you so much.
6: Man, that sunset
7: is gorgeous.
8: Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in.
2: Images have surfaced of that F-35 fighter jet that crashed in the South China Sea this week. The Navy's $100 million plane hit the deck hard while trying to land on the USS Carl Vincent. It then fell into the water as the pilot ejected. He and several ship crew members were injured. The Navy is investigating both the crash and how the pictures were leaked. The assault-style rifle Kyle Rittenhouse used to kill two people and wound a third during a 2020 protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, will not be returned to him. Rittenhouse, who was acquitted of murder charges, had asked the court to return the gun, saying he wanted to destroy it so no one could profit from it. But today, a prosecutor ruled Kenosha police will destroy the weapon instead. The White House introduced its newest addition today, a gray-haired, green-eyed tabby named Willow. Willow first jumped on the scene during the presidential campaign, interrupting a speech by Dr. Jill Biden. It took a while to get Willow to Washington. The first cat may or may not take orders from the Biden's German shepherd, Commander. NFL Hall of Famer Deion Sanders once said, if you look good, you feel good. Well, if that's true, an 11-year-old New Jersey girl has the best medicine. CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road.
7: If you think 11-year-old Juliana Demma of Freehold, New Jersey, plays beautiful piano, wait till you hear her humming. That noise is the sweet sound of compassion. After her cousin had to be treated for cancer, Juliana noticed all the children in the hospital wearing gowns as drab as their diagnoses.
4: So I was thinking that maybe I could sew gowns for kids like her that have cancer.
7: Much more cheerful gowns. She learned to sew two years ago and hasn't stopped since.
4: Two to three hours a day.
7: Two to three hours a day.
4: Because I feel like this is way more important than like other things that I could potentially do.
7: So far, she has given away about 170 gowns to children across the country using whatever design they request. Her operation now so big, she has donors pay for the material her passion so contagious.
4: Welcome to the sewing lesson.
7: She has a little factory in her basement.
4: Yeah, she's a really good teacher. It's so cool doing this to help little kids.
7: Somehow, this pied piper of Pincushions convinced her friends to ask for sewing machines for Christmas, dramatically ramping up production.
4: It just makes me know that like all my hard work making the gowns like pays off.
7: Say what you will about kids today, but we found material evidence that there is hope for our little so-and-sos. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Freehold, New Jersey. Contagious compassion.
2: Sunday on Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan's guests include Democratic Congressman James Clyburn and Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. And remember, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Major Garrett in your nation's capital. Have a great weekend and good night.